with Catherine Toon Podcast. All right, everybody. I am doing our part three of the real gospel, too good not to be true. And we're just delving in, we're diving in uh, to savor kind of the wonder of what all this means. What does the good news mean? And the good news is so reverberating. Uh, you know, it's not like a, like I nabbed it, I pegged it. But we can partake of it and continue to to um, grow in the knowledge of what God has done for us, because he's wild about us. And uh, this just helps us fall in love with him more. You know, we love him because he first loved us and because he loved us. He provided all these things for us to, to save us not in a triggering way. And I'm sorry if that's a trigger word for some of you, uh, but um, to really save us, like in the places of our felt needs and in the places where things are wrong. There is wrongness. There's wrongness inside ourselves. There's wrongness in our emotional states, wrongness in our wills, wrongness with trauma, wrongness in our bodies, wrongness with creation when we see the earth um, you know, decaying or whatever, uh, people hurting what we're doing, one another, there's a lot of wrong. <laughs> and God is the one to make it right. And that's what he provides through his sweeping gospel that is unfolding before our eyes. If we have eyes to see, and this is something that we need to ask the Lord, like, let me, let me see what this is. So we've been doing a deep dive with this. This is part three. If you missed part one and two, we'll go back and listen to those because uh, they will bless you. Um, in this part three, I was unpacking starting in um, the second uh, one of this series, uh, Ephesians 1, thir- 3 through 14. And I know this is long, but, you know, bear with me. So just let it bathe you and, you know, uh, like a, um, a cleansing, healing, uh, spa shower experience of his love of what he has provided, the good news of what God has provided on behalf of his beloved kids. And when I say that, that means you, whether you know him or not, agree him with not, um, follow him or not. Uh, honestly, call yourself by a different religion. Call yourself as no religion, whatever. No, you're his kids because you were created in his image and likeness and you were created in love. This is not a um, uh, for a select few. This is if if you are able to listen to this, that includes you and the ones that aren't, that includes them. Okay. It includes everybody. Don't you love it? Okay. Uh, and that was God's idea. This is not like a new thing. I, I think sometimes we think we've come up with something new and God was like, yeah, this is my thing before I even created the universe. 
<laughs> so we're just rediscovering it and thinking it's ours, right? All right, let's start in verse three. Uh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us, oh, you're chosen, in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us to the adoption of sons and daughters through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, with which he has favored us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our wrongdoings, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he set forth in him regarding his plan of the fullness of times to bring all things together in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things in accordance with the plan of his will to the end that we who were first to hope in the Christ would be to the praise of his glory in him. You also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise who is a first installment of our inheritance in regard to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. <laughs> and I want to say in Jesus name, amen. So, wow, that's a lot. So let's unpack. And I did, I did uh, start the unpacking in last session of the, these verses, but here's the light up, you know, it helps me with these kind of wordy lofty sort of esoteric things that are like, Wow, that's woo. It's like way above me, right? To help bullet point them just so I can start to start to wrap my little brain around it. And I've got a great brain and so do you, but come on, this is bigger than our pay grade. So part of this, we have to stand back and wonder, but there are things to apprehend and to continue to apprehend in our understanding. So here's the lineup. Okay, we get, this is what you get. <laughs> okay predestined with adoption as sons and daughters. And we talked about in the past that you are predestined because you are God's child and you were chosen and predestined not for heaven or hell, but be to, to be conformed into the image of Christ as a son and daughter. And that includes every single human being, uh, not uh, he doesn't parcel some out for him and some out for hell. That's a doctrine of demons. Um, and not not that the people are demons, but but it's it's, a, it's an assertion uh, that is demonic because, you know, love does not predestine some for hell. That is crap. <laughs> he hates hell. He's redeemed us from hell and we're walking it out in terra firma. OK, second one, his grace. Uh, which he favored us and which he favored. So you have grace. This is like everything God has, his empowerment, his ability, what he has deserved and earned. Yeah, we get that. Why? Without cost, uh, because we're favored. Dang it. You're just that favored. Redemption through his blood. So, which means if there is a buyback or redemption and it's through his blood, that is eternal, that is unstoppable, that is ongoing, and we can either cooperate with it or we can fight it, but we don't 
get to change it. Does that make sense? Forgiveness of our wrongdoings. Ha! He's already forgiven us of every wrongdoing. Uh, you cannot out you cannot out sin God in His forgiveness. Um, in the fullness of times to bring all things together in Christ. Wow, that's the sweeping plan of God to bring heaven to earth everywhere. Okay, in the heavens, on the earth, other places it says under the earth. It's all included and it's sweeping. Having obtained an inheritance, our inheritance in him, that's already ours. An inheritance at someone else's expense that you get for free um, rather than the lawyers, but we don't have lawyers in this in the economy of God, (laughs) having been predestined according to the purpose of him. Once again, what's this predestination? It's not heaven and hell. It's to be conformed into his image and likeness and to receive the fullness of our inheritance Uh, to the praise of his glory. We get to be his praise, his glory. We get to praise him as we're glorified. We talked about them then that that, that he foreknew. Um, He called those he called, he justified those he justified, he glorified. Okay, so this whole sweeping thing, which is past tense, and then ongoing working it out and having been sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. So we are sealed. So this is like, we can't undo it. We can't send it away. We can't rebel against it and make it not true. We can rebel against it and, and, and cause our own hell. Um, but we can't make it not true and we can't make, we can't unchild ourselves and son and daughter. We're just sons and daughters because of him. We can't make him not choose us. We've already been chosen. So our choice doesn't undo his choice. It's about whether our choice is to whether or not we're partaking of all these things because we choose him back. Not because it's a tit for tat, but because if you turn your back on the one who's giving you all these things, you can't receive what he has until you wake up, smell the coffee and who, oh, hi, yes, I choose you back. All right. So let's unpack the rest of these that we weren't talking about uh, uh, in our last session. So, uh, to be predestined with adoption as sons and daughters. So, you know, the first part of this series, I talked a lot about what is the predestination of God? That's got a really bad taste because if you have a Calvinistic teaching, whether you know it or not, and we're taught that some were predestined for heaven and some were predestined for hell, it's called double predestination. Um, I don't want a father like that. Okay. And happily, that's not who God is. So no, you were not predestined for heaven and hell. You were predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ because you're a son and daughter and God will have his way eventually. And guess what? He has eternity to do that. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Uh, So um, we talked about that. Uh, That's Romans 8, 29. And this goes hand in hand with our adoption as sons and daughters of God. So uh, let's go to Romans 8, uh, 15 through 17. I believe this is the Passion Translation. Yes, it is. And it says, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. Oh, God, someone give me an amen. <laughs> I just wiped out saying it. Leading you back to the fear of never being good enough. Wow, does that nail us? Not in a bad way, but how many of you in your heart of hearts have just struggled? Like it's been hell your whole life with not 
feeling good enough. I'm not enough. I'm too much. I can't get it right. I'm just not good enough. And it haunts you. And a lot of people it haunts them to overperform. And a lot of people, it, it haunts them maybe to underperform. They just give up, right? But the truth is, it was never about your performance. You're good enough because you're his. Hmm. And it says, but, okay, not that, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance where you have been rejected and not good enough in this life, where you have rejected yourself as not good enough in this life. Well, forget that stinking noise. You have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. You belong. You belong. If you're not good enough, you never really do belong. But the truth is that's a stinking lie from the pit of hell. You belong and you are enfolded in the family of God. Maybe you don't have any family. Maybe you're an orphan. Maybe you're just an emotional orphan. Um, uh, but um, you're enfolded in the family of God and you will never feel orphaned for he rises up within us. Our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father, Teddy. Do I really belong? Yeah, you belong. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. You're not just his child and the black sheep that he has to tolerate because he's love and it's in his God, his, his God description. No, um, you are his beloved, you are his child. And he's like, oh, that's my baby. That's my boy. That's my girl. You are beloved. You are adored. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share, get this, all his treasures, all his treasures. How many treasures do you think God has? <laughs> yeah, that's yours, right? All his treasures. Uh, for indeed, we are heirs of God himself. An heir doesn't earn for the stuff they get. No, the price comes at the parents, the father's, the mother's expense, and they get it for free without legal fees. <laughs> um, and since we are joined to Christ, we will also inherit all he is and all that he has. That's your inherit inheritance. All that Christ is and all that he has. He owns everything. And this is our inheritance. We will experience being co-glorified. Co means with. So glorified together with him, provided that we accept his sufferings at his own. So what does this mean? Now you may, if you go back into religious mindset, whether it's a Christian religious mindset or another, like, you know, I had secular humanism religious mindset. So I, I got it coming and going. <laughs> and a lot of you did too, right? Um, that, oh, okay. Oh, here it is. Okay. The, this is the catch provided we, so we accept his sufferings at his own. So let me just help you with that <laughs> in case that is hard for you. Provided we accept his sufferings. What are God's sufferings? The suffering is the dying to the false self. The false self is the self that is separate from God, that wants to go its own way, wants to do its own thing. 
It is self-seeking. It is against the true self. The true self is in the image and likeness of God, who is love. And so the false self is the opposite of love. It's all about me, mine. And and God, there's a healthy self-love, but there's a very unhealthy. I've got to protect myself. I've got to do it my own way. I I can trust no one but myself. It's the orphan-hearted part of us that's not even really who we really are. The orphan says in their hearts, I'm all alone. Well, that's not the true self because your true self has all already been chosen and joined with Christ. Um, so you're never alone. He joined you to himself. But where you've turned away from him or you've not awakened to that fact, you feel like you're all alone. But that's that is absolutely a lie. And your feelings don't dictate truth. It dictates where you're at in your heart. And when you're resonating with truth, you will be free and you'll be happy. Okay. And you'll know in your knower that you are never alone. Uh, An orphan in their heart says, it's all based on my performance. If it's to be, it's up to me. I've got to protect myself. I've got to get get for myself. I have to do for myself. My worth of value is based on what I do. So I got to do it really well. It's all on me. You can never count on anybody. Okay, it's all of my performance and I got to earn, earn God's love. Well, BS, he already gave it to you. You don't earn something that it was already given to you, right? I've got to earn his acceptance. No, he's already accepted you. Even when you're giving him the flying figure, he's already accepted you. You cannot, that you cannot disappoint God. You cannot get him to turn away from you. You cannot get him not to love you. You cannot get him not to uh, to reject you. You just cannot do it. You can go and serve the devil, but it changes nothing about God's stance towards you. Now, sin is another thing, but sin is not who you are. Yep. Okay. Um, so, um, and then, and the last thing is like, I can never, as an orphan, I can never rest. Why? Because it's all on me and I'm all alone. So I got to protect myself. It's a dangerous world out there. I'm going to die. I've got to do what I can do to protect myself, to get for myself. You know, I can, I'm never enough because I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. I've got to do for me. It never, it never ends and you can never rest. So though that may look like overperforming or you're performing all the time, or it may look like where you're really underperforming. You just kind of give up and just check out. Right. But either way, uh, you're still not resting, right? And if you're a beloved son and daughter, that's already accepted, you can rest. So you are totally accepted. You're embraced. You're not just like a tolerated in the family of God. Okay, to sit over there, you know, you're the relative we don't like to, to sit with at Thanksgiving because whatever. No, they're like, ha, ah, there you are. Yeah, it was not complete without you right? So all those lies need healing. Uh, we discussed about being co-glorified. So being glorified, you know, this, this whole concept of provided we take Christ's suffering in his own, Christ suffered in the flesh and suffered in what he learned was obedience. There were things he had to say no to um, that were, would violate love. Like, listen, if I want to pinch your head off, okay, because uh, maybe you've done something really offensive and it's like a real offense, but you know, we're supposed to forgive our enemies and bless our enemies and realize, wow, they're really not our enemies because what's operating there is actually not even their true selves. Right. 
And so in my own self, my flesh apart from God, that's turned away from God. Yeah, that has to sizzle and fry. Okay. God will have his sons and daughters conformed into the image of Christ. And the parts of us that are rebellious, that are independent, that are, that want to violate love, that want to self-protect all those things and operate as if we're orphans. Yeah. That stuff's going to go. It really will go. And that is suffering because you know what? When I really, oh my goodness, everything in me, you don't know what they did to me. Well, you know what God really does. More than you know. Um, and yeah, they deserve blah, blah, blah. And they deserve vengeance. Then they de- no, vengeance, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. He is the God of justice. And our insistence on judging people, like we become, and that's a very self-protective mechanism. We got to judge everything. Okay, so they're evil. They're good. They're this and that because I got to protect myself. Okay, that's going to fry too. And when I say fry, it means it will go. Why? Because that is what God is doing and conforming us into his image, where we learn that we can trust him, we can rest in him, we can look to him, and we can be led by his spirit with how we respond to the evil out there, the evil out there, or the dangers out there. That is something that uh, that's going to go. So part of what's what what it is in that is that healing our minds, our wills, our emotions, um, our personalities, uh, cleansing our conscience, right? All of that is what's going. And sometimes there's suffering involved with that. When I really want my own way, but I have to yield to God and say, no, I, I yield to you. I'm saying yes to you and no to this fallen part of myself that wants its own way and thinks it really knows better than God. Um, that will be suffering, but it's really good for me and it's good for you. Uh, let's talk about God's inexhaustible grace, ongoing favor and glorious inheritance. So the Miriam Webster on Webster online dictionary defines grace as unmerited. That means not deserved. You don't earn it divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification. That's a lot of big words. (laughs) To regenerate means to really bring back to life, to take from something that's degenerate and fallen and twisted and perverted and dark and operating in evil to regeneration, which is pure and holy. I just spit. That was an anointing sent your way. Just receive it in Jesus name (laughs) to, to regenerate, to be brought back to life in the fullness and beauty just as holy as Christ is, um, in wholeness, in freedom, in, in, in glory, all of that and sanctification to be set apart as something holy and in that sanctification to be um, healed and made more holy or whole uh, in that process. So this is a starting point. You don't earn it. You get it. It's unmerited right? Because of God's absolute goodness, right? There's no badness. There's no dark shadow side of God. Um, The only shadows that come up are where we turn away from him. That's where evil comes from, right? You get it because of God's absolute goodness, his loving kindness, his generosity. And just because he loves you, because he loves you, he just wants to give you stuff (laughs) that you don't earn, right? We need grace literally for everything. The next breath you take, that is God's grace. The net, you know, your ability to choose to uh, listen to this and to follow, that's God's grace. 
you know, everything. We need God's grace for everything. As you remain in me and me and you, you'll bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing of eternal value. You can do lots of stupid things, but you can do nothing of eternal. So just like, don't do anything separate from God, right? All right. It's supernatural empowerment. So God asks us to do impossible things. Let's think for a second. Oh, bless your enemies. Bless those who despitefully use you. Okay. Yeah, that's impossible except apart, except with God, right? It's impossible apart from God, but where we can look towards our enemies and bless them, love your enemies. Bless bells. You don't know what they did to me. Well, he does. So he's bringing you in that place. And that's where you transcend it, where he heals you so much that you can. That's why we're commanded to forgive for our freedom. This is our ticket out. Uh, and Father... Son and Holy Spirit insisted on paying up everything. They were unwilling for you uh, to be uh, for to be anything but totally healed, totally restored, totally redelivered, totally redeemed, totally renewed. You got it by birth. The fact that you are a you, you qualify. Okay, if you weren't a you, if you weren't a person, then you would be disqualified. But you are you. So boom, you got it, right? You were born of him, born again in him, and you get everything by inheritance, right? It's inheritance of forgiveness. He's forgiven you for every horrific thing you've done. And we all have. And let's not pretend and let's not sugarcoat and let's not rationalize and let's not look around and look at everybody's worst, worst versions of the sin, right? No, we we just get we just, we, we, that's all on us. And then God for, has forgiven it. His mercy. That means you don't get what you deserve. Listen, if you've done horrible things, uh, what you would deserve would be punishment, but he's like, I've forgiven it. So there's no punishment, right? Uh, inheritance of healing. Oh my God, what needs to be healed in your life? Your messed up, jacked up, my messed up, jacked up minds, my messed up, jacked up, traumatized emotions, my messed up, jacked up, traumatized identity, um, my messed up, jacked up body, my messed up, jacked up uh, finances, health, relationships, pick a card, any card, you get healing, you get wholeness. Wow. You get wholeness, which is another word for holiness. You get provision, protection, peace, justice, renewal, everything for your highest good at God's expense. And he's just asking for your yes. And in your yes, you're going to be dying to some things that will not feel good, but that are good for you. Okay. Um, it is an inheritance that costs you nothing. But once again, it cost God everything. It, it cost God becoming sin for you and me and humanity while we reviled him and laughed at him and mocked at him. And forgiveness happened then. So I guess he must really be smitten with you. I guess you're a big deal. Let's talk about redemption and forgiveness. Redemption literally means to buy back. So what are you being bought back from? You're ultimately, you're being bought back from sin and death, the two enemies of God. That's from Romans 5, uh, 12 through 14, Romans 6, 23, Romans 8, 2, 1 Corinthians 15, 25 through 26. If you want your scriptural references, if you said Satan, you were kind of right. Now understand Satan's uh, defeated. So he doesn't own you, but you know, sometimes 
sorry, this hair is bugging me. He thinks he does. And, you know, and we can argue about what Satan is. And at the bottom line is nobody really knows. Um, I like uh, Brian Zahn's uh, definition that he's not a person, you know, but he's more than just a, an entity. And a lot of it arises out of us in our human, in our human uh, perversion to turn away from God and love and evil arises from that. And then when we come together corporately, there's something that happens. How can humans possibly do the horrific things they do? And I don't want to get into that, but you were sort of right. Hebrews 2.14. 2 Timothy in the uh, 2.26 in the Passion Translation says, um, this will cause them to rediscover themselves and escape the snare of Satan who caught them in his trap so that they would carry out his purposes. So the entity of Satan, whatever that is, um, has caught and ensnared people and caused them to live in delusional states where death looks better than life, where darkness is more attractive than light, where, um, where harming and destruction and rage and bitterness and witchcraft and, and, you know, and, and uh, being a predator and lust and you pick a, pick a card, any card, torture uh, sounds, seems like a good idea. That is delusional. But what we refer to as Satan is utterly defeated and God never paid or pays tribute to him or it. Uh, he, it is a non-issue except as we yield to him, it. Okay. And give him it the power. I'm saying him it because he's not quite a person, but he's not just an entity. Who knows? And if someone says they do, they don't. Okay. Um, so the bottom line is whatever that is, it's us giving that power over to him that gives him his power because God has stripped him it of its power. Christ has triumphed over all that mess by becoming sin and dying in the flesh. On behalf of all humanity, the reason God needed to put on flesh is that he needed to die on behalf of all humanity for humanity, becoming sin and um, diving into the pits of death, hell and the grave to be resurrected and taking us with him. So the Bible says that we were baptized into his death as human beings, as humanity corporately and individually and resurrected again in him. Now, the issue of whether we're experiencing that is whether we are have awakened to that fact and say yes to Christ, but it doesn't make what he did on behalf of humanity not a thing. It just makes whether or not we are experiencing it and whether we are experiencing eternal life, which is knowing him. So, um, so he, he brought us back from our own twisted, delusional, depraved ways of being to restore us back to unfettered relationship with him. And this is where we are our true selves. This is what it means being baptized into his death, death and raised again, a new creation. And the scripture references for those, some of them, not, not in toto, but just some of them, uh, go to Romans six, uh, chapter six, verse three and four. Second uh, Corinthians chapter five verses seventeen through nineteen and twenty one. I'm going to read Second Timothy one ten from the Passion Translation that says this truth is now being unveiled by the revelation of the Anointed Jesus, our Life Giver. Okay, who has this is the part in bold. You ready? Dismantled death. He took it apart. 
right? Obliterating all its effects on our lives. Can you imagine obliterating all the effects of death on our lives and has manifested or brought out into the open his immortal life, which means there's no death in us by the gospel. So God has obliterated death. Okay, this is how we did it through the cross on our behalf. And so as we awaken to that more and more, we're able to walk in it more and more. This is eternal life, knowing God and his son. Okay, Colossians 1, 13 through 14, the New American Standard adds, for he has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption being bought back, the forgiveness of sins. Okay, so the blood that was shed was his. Okay, so the blood that was shed was his. That means he signed it in his own blood. That means the covenant you are under that has been ratified between God and his son, not God and you, because if it was God and you, you'd screw it up. And so would I. Okay, no, this was ratified or passed by God and his son, the covenant of forgiveness for all humanity. Uh, This is from Mark 27, verses 23 and 24, and Mark 15, verses 13 through 14. It is the blood that speaks of your eternal redemption. There is no undoing it. Okay. And, and there is, and that's also the blood that's there to cleanse your conscience of sin. So a lot of times we're so guilt ridden and our consciences are defiled. We have done some hideous things and we have had done some hideous and we have had hideous things done to us. Humanity is messed up. Okay. Um, and God can not only is not only forgiven, but can cleanse your conscience. So you actually feel guiltless innocent, clean, holy, undefiled, okay? That is your birthright because that's who you really are. So God is getting us to that point. And because he can cleanse your conscience of sin, you are free to serve him. And what does serving him look like? It looks like loving the one in front of you. And that looks like a lot of stuff. God's commandment to love as he loves. So that's from Luke 22, uh, 20, 1 Corinthians 11, 25, and Hebrews 9, 14. Okay, next, um, uh, to be glorified and sealed. So we talked about a lot about being glorified in part one. So go back there uh, if you, uh, you know, if you want that again or for the first time. But being sealed with the spirit means that you are eternally his. You can argue with it. You can say, la, 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 I can't hear you. You can say, I don't believe it. You can give it the flying finger, but it doesn't make it not true. Okay. And his promise of full redemption, you're sealed for that. This is ongoing, including the glorification of our bodies. Can we say hallelujah? That means no cellulite. I love it. Uh, that means, honestly, all the cancers and dementia and pimples and pick a card, any card, you're, you will have a glorified body just like Jesus's so amazing. It makes me want to cry because he's so good. You can bet your life and eternity on the promise sealed with the Holy Spirit. This is the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Okay. Yeah, that's in you. Uh, Let's talk about the mama, mama, jamma, mega 
thing, bringing all things together in Christ. Okay, so this is heavy duty. This is the in the fullness of times to bring all things together in Christ, in the heavens and on the earth. That That is happening right now. If you're not seeing it, we'll ask God to give you eyes to see because it is happening. And actually, if you look in the annals of history, we've got so many things that are so much better and are working themselves out and it will continue to happen. I know, you know, with 24 hour news, I mean, you know, it's like the vomitorium. It's like, I don't, I just be led and wise about how much of that stuff you ingest because everybody's got their own spinning and it's spinning to the left and it's spinning to the right. And we're just spinning out of seemingly out of control, but in that chaos, God is doing stuff. He will have his way. And then it will continue to happen until all things are utterly restored. Um, this is where you kick it up a notch in scripture that says all things will be restored in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Let's go to Philippians 2, 9, where it says this just so you can enjoy it. For this reason, God also highly exalted him, talking about Jesus, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Okay, so if there's a name... God's above it. Cancer. Oh, Jesus is the name above cancer. Death. Oh, Jesus is the name above death. Satan, the accuser. Oh, Jesus is above that. Okay. Poverty, racism, sexism, trauma, Satan worship. Pick a card, any card. Jesus is the name above any name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth, and under the earth. I think that pretty much covers everything, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He really is Lord. And that will bring glory to, to Father God. That's just honestly waking up and smelling the coffee because it is truth. And um, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 24 through 28. Oh my God, this scripture erupts. You ready? In happiness and good things. Okay. Then the final stage of completion comes when he will bring to an end every other rulership, authority, and power. He will hand over his kingdom to Father God. Until then, he is destined to reign as king until all hostility has been subdued and placed under his feet. And let's just be very clear. We have a lot of hostility in and of ourselves. This is where we want to go our own ways. This is where we rebel either overtly or covertly, right? This is where we refuse to forgive. We refuse to lay down our perspectives. We were whatever, uh, all that's going to go. Um, and the last enemy to be subdued and eliminated is death itself. The father has placed all things in subjection under the feet of Christ. Yet when it says all things, it's understood that father God does not include himself for he is the one who placed all things in subjection to Christ. Understand there's no hierarchy in the Godhead, which means there's not one member. There's not one member of the Godhead that is above another. Father's not above the son. The son's not above the father. Holy Spirit's not above the son and father. The son and father are not above Holy Spirit. Pick a card, any card. They're other. They, God submits because God is love and love submits. So they all submit to one another in love. And so this is what we're supposed to be doing is submitting to one another in love. And submission is an act of your heart. You can't demand submission. That's domination. You can only offer it as a gift. So I'm submitting to you. I'm submitting to your authority. I'm submitting to your gift. I'm submitting to you in love. 
And when we do that, that's heaven on earth because, oh, that looks just like God. Okay. However, when everything is subdued and in submission to him, then the son himself will be subject to the father who has put all things under the feet. This is so that the father God will be everything in everyone. This is where love is everything and everyone. It's absolutely gorgeous. So it's, it's, um, this is related to, uh, the word redemption is the Greek word apocatastasis. I had to practice that a lot. So I'm really proud of myself for getting that, whipping that puppy out, which is the belief, the understanding that everyone and everything will be saved in the end. Now, um, let's talk about this. It's a Greek word that means restoration to the original condition and was held by many in the ancient church and the original church, the church that was closer to the followers of Christ. Okay, that church. Um, and uh, including Gregory of Nyssa, uh, and Clement of Alexandria and Origen. So honestly, I don't know what that looks like. I just know God is really good at his job. And it I don't have to like have it all mapped out, all figured out. I trust God. You know, the thing that really God is going for him, other than the fact that he's God, <laughs> okay, is the fact <clears throat> he has all eternity to do it. He has all eternity. If God is, has all eternity to bring everything under his feet, that means every tongue that was not confessing him, the Hitlers and the Stalins and the evil people. Um, and we've all done evil. Okay. Um, the fires of love can, um, can be, you know, fires of love is just the presence of Christ. And you have to realize if I make my bed in hell, even you are there. So Christ in hell, still the fires of love. So what are the fires of love doing in hell? They're, they're presenting themselves to the people who are in hell. And what are the fires of love doing? Do you think they're punishing or do you think it's just love that may feel like punishment when we resist love? That's your original design. And if you finally, if you have eternity with which to uh, to love and have it be a fiery love, it might be that God can change that no to Jesus and a yes to Jesus because there's nowhere in the Bible that says the that you you cannot change that you lose your will um when you die okay i know we say that in our evangelical circles and let's just be very clear please say yes to god don't be stupid because you will experience hell um but it's not a punishment it may feel like punishment because you're resisting love which is who you are which is where all life is and heaven is right just a thought okay uh so happily uh, we have to realize that God is fierce towards this kid, fierce in his love, and will not let us be who we're not, will not let the false self, the self that says no to him, uh, remain. And, you know, we can hold out, but I don't know if we can hold out for eternity. Just a thought. Um, so, you know, we leave that up to God. It's kind of above my pay grade. Um, and I'm humble in it, but I'm hopeful in it. And you can be too. How masterful is God? Okay. Um, so I'm going to end with this beautiful quote from Paul Young. I love you, Paul. Yay. Um, he's the one that wrote the shack, by the way. Um, and this was from his book, Lies We Believe About God, which is a really good book to get if you haven't, if you're still struggling with how you see God and trying to, um, 
well, this period, whether it's a religious background or just a messed up background. Okay. Um, so this is beautiful. It says the gospel is that Jesus has already included you into his life into his relationship with God, the father, and into the anointing of the Holy spirit. The good news is that Jesus did this without your vote. I love that. And whether you believe it or not, won't make it any less or more true, but you turning towards it and asking God's help for you to believe it will help you experience the exquisite beauty and the healing and the restoration of everything you ever wanted, but didn't think you could have that that's where your yes matters. And the more you say yes, and the more you ask God's help in your unbelief, the more you're going to be able to experience all of this and eternal life, which is knowing God and the one who he sent and the gospel that speaks of the good news of what that is all about. Well, anyway, I hope this has been a huge blessing for uh, for you. Lots to chew on. Go and dive into those scriptures. Um, talk to Jesus about it. Talk to Holy Spirit about it. Grapple with it. Have fun with it. Bathe in it. Shower with it. Brush your teeth with it. Enjoy it. Be blessed. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.